You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. All right. Well, good morning, guys. Good to be with you. If you've got a Bible, you can go ahead and open it up in Psalms chapter 23. Um, if you've been with us a little while, actually, uh, Pastor Tom Schrader, a friend of mine from East Valley Bible, taught this passage last summer. And uh, he did a really, really good job, but I've never taught the passage, and I couldn't get through the Psalms this summer without teaching through this passage. Psalms 23 is where we're going to be. Um, I'm not going to have the scriptures on the screen this morning. I'm going to be able to, I want you to be able to uh, encourage everybody to uh, use the YouVersion Bible app. On a, you can download it in the app store. It's called YouVersion. Either that, or we've got Bibles for you. Um, Andy's on our guest services team will be over there at the Connection Corner, New Here, Start Here area. We've got ESV Bibles we hand out and just give as a gift if you need one. So I want to encourage you to do that. Um, you might be wondering what I'm doing with this coffee right here. This is uh, called Restoration Grounds Coffee Company, roasted fresh in Anthem, Arizona. Do we have any Anthemites in the house today? All right. So uh, this guy is a really neat guy. Actually, our coffee is that. Um, so it was hot first service, but I want to encourage you guys... Um, Try this coffee out sometime. It's really cool. He gave it to me because it's Psalms 23 on the, on the bottom of his uh, deal. It's, he put a Bible verse on it. So I thought it was kind of cool. So this morning, um, we're going to be in Psalms 23. So uh, before we get started this morning, next week is, uh, well, hang on. Before we get next week, how many of you guys had a good time, 4th of July? Good time, family, friends? Okay. Anybody get their finger blown off? No. I was the only one, huh? See, I got my finger blown off, huh? Just joking. Uh, no, but I did melt my finger on the side. A firecracker kid said, hey, I had firecrackers underneath my bed. Been there for like five years. I'm going to go grab them. I'm like, perfect. So I got them, and the wick went a lot faster, burned my thumb, and firecracker, firecracker, boom, boom, boom. So uh, it was a lot of fun, family, friends, all that good stuff. I want to encourage you to get out, connect with family and friends this summer. Um, as well, this coming up, speaking of family... Uh, next weekend is Family Serve Day. We're going to have the campus open from 7 a.m. Um, to 11 a.m. on Saturday morning. And we're going to just uh, work as, with families, get to know some other families. We've got a guy bringing a bunch of burritos or making his own burritos, breakfast burritos. Going to have a wonderful time there. So Family Serve Day, if you want to join us, please do. Um, we'll try to beat the heat as much as we can. Finish off in the misted, shaded uh, Ramada area uh, that morning. So that's on your uh, program. You, you got that there. A couple other announcements before we get going this morning is um, you can stop by the, the, the connection corner after service. I'll be over there uh, to connect, sign up if you want to be a part of that family service day or campus maintenance uh, that we're, we're, we're taking volunteers for that. After service today, 12 o'clock, my wife and I are going to be uh, teaching class 101. If you're exploring to be a part of North Valley, this would be a great opportunity for you to do that. We'll meet right here. My wife and I do this about once a month, and uh, we'll meet right here with a bunch of new people from the church. Uh, we'll have some snacks, refreshments, and then we've actually got the nursery open for child care. So anybody interested in doing that, be sure to join us today. Last but not least, uh, you probably recognize a, uh, a new face. Those of you maybe haven't been a part of North Valley for a little while or been gone for a bit, but Joshua is our, our worship leader, uh, came in from Indiana doing a great job. Let's give him a round of applause. 
And uh, in a philosophical, intentional move that we made in our budget uh, year this, this last year is we made an investment um, to try to get the right guy, the worship leader, and Joshua is on that team now. Um, but also we needed to invest more of our resources into student ministries. So we need to hire a new students guy. Uh, so I'm asking for you to pray. And uh, if you know somebody that would be a good students pastor or students ministry leader, we need those guys. So send them to me. I would love, for you, love to be able to hire that person by August 1st, if at all possible. With that being said about worship, we're going to need more volunteers. Um, so a lot of the musicians that you see have been professional musicians. Um, some of them are serving at different levels and different times, but they, they, they work within churches all around the valley. And we're going to be needing to add more volunteers. So if you've got any musical talent, um, make sure you connect with Joshua. As well on your Connect card, you can see that they're doing worship arts auditions, and there's an email for you to do that. All right, enough said about that. Let me pray, and we're going to dive into God's Word together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your Word. We thank you for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the joy of our salvation. Thank you for the church. Thank you for the children. Lord, thank you for our families. Thank you for air that we breathe. Thank you for everything that you've made. And today is the day that you have made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in that. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Psalms chapter 23, let me read the passage of Scripture. Um, you can look along there in your Bible, and uh, here's what it says, Psalms chapter 23. King David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside still waters, he restores my soul, he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What we're going to do first is we're going to understand this whole sheep and the shepherds analogy. Um, King David is a warrior king. At this time when he's writing this psalm, it's an instructional handbook for the nation of Israel to enter into worship. I would call Psalms 23 as a, a bit of a pilgrimage psalm. It, it helps you experience the promises and the, uh, of God in the midst of a, a pilgrimage. And uh, it was very characteristic for people to be moving along and headed towards Jerusalem. King David is a warrior king. And King David would know about a shepherd in sheep because he himself was a shepherd. Uh, before he was king, uh, he was a warrior. Before he was a warrior, he was a shepherd. And Scripture tells us that he would fight off uh, wolves and bears and lions to protect his sheep. And that was the very basic training that he would need to defeat Goliath, uh, a Philistine that came against the nation of Israel. And so here's this warrior, poet, king, shepherd who writes one of the most beloved psalms in all of human history. And he reckons himself as a sheep and the Lord as a shepherd. I have to be honest with you, I don't like the analogy as much as the sheep and the shepherd. In the Old Testament, the Israelites were referred to as the sheep. 
in the New Testament, the church is likened to sheep, and the Lord is the shepherd. Understanding the sheep and the shepherds, here's some characteristics about sheep. The sheep are defenseless, dirty, directionless, and I would say dumb. Sheep are defenseless, dirty, directionless, and dumb. They're defenseless in that this is that they, they, are, uh, they don't have claws, they don't have teeth, they can't run really fast. Um, they, they, they are dirty in the sense of that they uh, don't bathe themselves very well. They've got lots of fuzzy, oh, fluffy hair, and they roll around in the dirt oftentimes, and then they, um, they hang out with a bunch of other dirty sheep. They're directionless. Uh, they need direction, and they're dumb. I'll show you some pictures of some sheep. I thought this would be helpful. Those are the typical sheep that you would have seen in ancient Palestine, these beautiful sheep. And um, King David talks about moving the sheep along to green pastures. And, uh, you know, um, the reality is, is that uh, these guys need a shepherd. And the Lord decides to use King David to help us understand our relationship to him. This morning's message is what to expect when the Lord is in charge. The shepherds must be in charge of the sheep for the sheep to live. Um, sheep are, are dumb, though. I'll show you a picture. We've got some great bighorn sheep in the state of Arizona. And I first saw this picture, and I, my first reaction was, I thought, don't jump. Don't jump. Um, these guys do jump from time to time. Um, years ago, I was at the Grand Canyon at a lodge on, on the edge of the Grand Canyon as a high school student with my parents we were visiting. And I'll show you a picture of a, some bighorn sheep that were gathering together um, like these. They were in the courtyard of this lodge, and me and my brothers uh, decided to go down in the evening and kind of uh, play around and have fun. And as soon as it started to get dark, these sheep kind of wandered into this courtyard. And so, like big brothers do, we decided that we would maybe just have a little fun and take it to the next level and see how close we could get to the, these sheep. And they started to run around in the courtyard. And I don't even know how they got into the courtyard. The courtyard was about, the, the wall, it seemed like it was about eight foot high. I mean, it was a pretty high wall. And so, we start chasing these guys around, and there was three or four of them, and one with big horns. And my brother says, you know, we got to be careful, that guy could really get us. And so I got little, my, my little brother with me. His name was David, and at the time we called him Davy. So he was baby Davy. He was a little brother. And uh, we start chasing these guys around, and uh, sure enough, um, somehow they scatter, and they find the shadows, and they, they leave. And my mom calls out. She says, boys, you guys need to come on up and, and get to bed. And David leaks the story and says, well, we were chasing, chasing sheep. My mom says, What? Yeah, we we're chasing sheep. So the next night we come down, and she told us that we probably shouldn't do that. And uh, somebody would get hurt, or some, something, somebody's going to get hurt. And so the next night we come down, and we're playing around. And sure enough, somewhere out of nowhere, these sheep show up. So we decided, hey, this time we're going to chase them. So we go around, and we start chasing these sheep in the courtyard. Kid you not. We start chasing these guys, and then sure enough, out of nowhere, they start moving towards this corner of the wall that seemed like maybe a little bit lower, and one after another just make this big jump. The problem was is there was nothing below them. It was the edge of the Grand Canyon. They just poof, 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 just jumped off. 
My point is, is that sheep are dumb. Another story on Tur- in Turkey in 2005, there was 1,500 sheep that walked off a cliff and 400 of them died. You might ask, what happened to the other 1,100? Well, first one of the sheep went over the cliff's edge only to be followed by an entire flock. According to the reports, more than 400 sheep died that day in just a 15-meter fall. The bodies of the 400 sheep cushioned the fall of the other 1,100 sheep that followed. Imagine that, uh, 401 falls off the cliff or jumps off the cliff and boing, just jump, bounces off. My point is, the saying is that sheep are dumb and the shepherd is, has an important role. Here's what a shepherd does. A shepherd leads, feeds, and cares for them. King David would have understood that. His job and responsibility as a shepherd was to care for the sheep. Shepherds guide, provide, and protect They would need to protect. There would be um, uh, mountain lions. There would be bears uh, that would come up. King David had to learn how to fend these guys off. They would need to also search and rescue the lost sheep. From time to time, a sheep would stray from the the flock and then go off in its own way and would be easy prey. You ever watch the, the, the Discovery Channel and you see that one little guy that kind of veers off and breaks from the pack. And sure enough, there's a lion lurking in the shadows to pounce. Here's the point. We are all like sheep and God's like the shepherd. He's the boss. I don't really like that analogy a whole lot when I'm I'm open and honest about it, but it's what I like is not as important as what is true. What's true is, is the scripture tells us that we're like the sheep and our Lord is like the shepherd. My question to you this morning is, What do you expect when the Lord's in charge? The Lord is the boss, if you will. Maya in my household asked a question not too long ago, Daddy, who's the boss in the household? And I said, Daddy's the boss. Thankfully, you know, in our household, you know, um, try to be tender with the kids and have a uh, set some parameters and uh, serve the household. Then she says, okay, well, if you're the boss, then... Who's mommy the boss over too? And I said, well, mom's the boss over the kids too, you know. And then she says, well, who am I the boss over? And I said, I, uh, I don't know, Maya, that's a good question. I looked around at her stuffed animals and she didn't like that. She said, no, that's not good. And then she says, I'll be the boss of Lulu the dog. I said, okay, fine, you can be the boss of Lulu. The question is, is who's the boss in your life? You have people at work, maybe that you report to, but the Lord is our shepherd, and he's the one in charge. So when we look at this passage of Scripture, you might, many have looked at it as a passage to comfort at a funeral, or many have looked at it as a time to understand how to walk through hardship, but this passage of Scripture is predominantly about the shepherd and what we can expect when we live a life that's walking beside our Lord, our shepherd. Verse 1, look in your Bible. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. King David says this. He's not the shepherd, although he was a shepherd, King David was. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. And this important phrase, he says, I shall not want. That's a declaration of contentment. It's a declaration of trust that King David trusts the Lord and he doesn't want. Why is it that he doesn't want? Look what he says. He makes me lie down in green pastures. 
King David is recognizing that the Lord always has something better in store for us. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What to expect when God's in charge? Number one, you need to expect some frustration and confusion. The scripture says that he makes me lie down in green pastures. Nobody likes to be made to do anything. And if I was a little sheep and the Lord showed up as a physical shepherd and told me, little sheep, Ryan, you need to lay down, I might say, no, meh. I might not want to do that. Why? Because I got an energy. Maybe I, maybe I was out with this, a couple sheep the other day before, saw a pasture, thought it looked better than the one that maybe he wants me to uh, go on a journey for. But it says that he makes me lie down. You need to expect when God's in charge, you can expect some frustration and confusion. We all have gone our own way. The Bible tells us that. And when we go our own way, we're acting in independence, not dependence. And sometimes when the good shepherd tries to lead us in a direction that we're not comfortable with, we're going to find natural frustration and confusion. A sheep doesn't understand why the shepherd wants to keep them moving. The shepherd knows. And the shepherd just leads those sheep. We're to be like sheep and be independence and trust. You can expect when God's in charge of your life, there's going to be some moments, some times, some seasons, some valleys that you're going to go through where you're going to find it incredibly frustrating and very confusing. You're going to go through some hardship, some situation, some circumstance, and you just need to understand part of being a sheep is living in a little bit of frustration and confusion. When the Lord is in charge, it's not always easy. The scripture says that he makes me lie down. He actually makes you lie down. But you need to know this, that God has something better around the corner. Here in this passage, King David says, he makes me lie down where? In green pastures. So there are times when the Lord will set you down in an area of your life and it seems like things seem to come together and you have everything you need. Uh, shepherds would take their sheep on a journey and if they left them too long in an area to graze, it's called overgrazing and they would destroy that field. They would need to move them and sometimes set up camps if they were close enough to the stable or to the pen, they would bring them back in the evening to get back into the pen. But God always has something better around the corner. Whatever you're going through right now, even if you're experiencing frustration or confusion, remember that he is the shepherd and that he will make you do things sometimes that you don't completely understand, but they're healthy and helpful for you. A principle I like to encourage people to live by is that wherever God guides, wherever he guides, he provides. When you see God guiding, moving, and leading, you can trust that he'll provide. You can trust that his ways are the best ways. But expect some frustration and confusion in the Christian life. When you're trying to live for the Lord and let him be in charge, you don't always understand everything that the Lord wants to do. He's the boss. When your boss at work makes a new directive or issues a new direction, most of the employees don't always understand. It's okay. But the good Lord is better than any CEO or boss. He's likened to a shepherd. And a shepherd cares. And he's different from all other shepherds. Verse 2, look what it says, 2b, he leads me beside still waters. 
a lazy shepherd or a no good shepherd would not necessarily concern themselves whether the sheep got, uh, had an area where there was still waters or swift waters. But the Lord is a good shepherd, and when he's in charge, he leads beside still waters. If the shepherd was to lead the sheep to an area where there was a raging river, how dangerous would that be for the sheep to go try to get a little drink? They would walk up to the river, and if they dipped into it, maybe one or two little bumped them, all of a sudden those sheep could fall into that river and be swept down the river, and like a cotton ball filling up with water would just bob and sink all the way down the river. The Bible says is that our good shepherd, he leads besides still waters. Here's what you can expect. You can expect, number two, to be led gently. Expect for God to lead gently. He's going to lead you to a place where there's stillness, where there's calmness. In the midst of chaos, you have a God who wants to wrap his arms around you and bring calmness to your life. He, as a good shepherd, when he's in charge, you can experience what the Bible calls the power and the presence of Christ is the peace of Christ. And no matter where you go and whatever church you go to around the world, there's a sense when you're with other believers and when you're spending time with the Lord, it's the peace of Christ that's upon your life. The good shepherd brings that peace besides still waters. Expect to be led gently. Here's what I love about God. God always takes into account our weaknesses and our limitations. Some of those sheep, I'm sure, didn't have the strength and the, to keep up with the rest of the flock. But the good shepherd always takes into account every single one of us. Every one of our weaknesses, our deficiencies, our inconsistencies. He takes those into account. A good shepherd, when one gets left behind, would go out and go rescue or search and rescue that one lost sheep and bring it in. Some of you maybe. Um, you're, you feel like you're not just a good Christian. You don't read the Bible as much as you ought to, or you're, you're not involved in serving or doing something as much as you should, and maybe not leading your home or being the supportive uh, wife or uh, whatever may be the case. God always takes into account our weaknesses and our limitations. And what he wants to do is right in the midst of it, bring a calmness and a presence of mind so that you can walk with him, trust him all the way along. Um, for some of us, I've, I've, I've talked to different guys throughout the church and they've said, you know, I don't, I'm not a reader. I don't like to read the Bible a lot, but I do like God's word. It's everything I can do just to get to church. I said, well, I'm glad you're at least coming to church. And I encourage the guy, hey, maybe do audio Bible. Maybe do Alexa. Maybe do something just to get God's word in you. You know, another guy said, well, you know, you guys gave out those little storybook Bibles with all those pictures. I kind of like those pictures. And I said, well, great. If you like the pictures, that's awesome. Here's what you need to know, that God always takes into account our weaknesses and our limitations. And when God's in charge, you can expect to be led gently, not abruptly. He's not going to lead you besides raging waters, but still waters is what the psalmist tells us. Third thing we can expect is this, is that we can expect a blessing and not a beating. If you came from an abusive family background, you might see um, your, or, or the good shepherd as one who would carry a rod and smite you any time you messed up. Or if you came from an abusive father, you don't, it's hard for you to see God as a loving father. 
or you came from an abusive home, you might think, God doesn't really want to bless me. He wants to beat me. Nothing could be farther from the truth about the character and the nature of God. Jesus came for those who are far from God. In Matthew 9, the Bible tells us that in the historical account of Matthew, uh, gives an account about Jesus hanging out with people that are far from God. People of questionable character, uh, drunkards and prostitutes and gluttons. Continually in Scripture, there's this, um, even in the Old Testament in Ezekiel, is that God doesn't at all love the business of condemnation, but God loves the business of restoration. He restores the soul, is what the psalmist says. That He restores us. He takes something that's old and undesirable, potentially, or dead, and brings life and renewal. Years ago, I worked in a, a, a salvage yard, and one of my jobs was, this was during high school and into college, one of my jobs was, was I'd take the forklift, drive it around the lot, and I had an awesome job where I could drive the forklift, and I, would, I was asked to stack cars, believe it or not. So I'd drive the forklift, and I would crush the forklift through the windshield, and then pick up the car by the roof of the car with the forklift, drive it around the lot, and then just start stacking cars. And then somebody would come along and then pick them up and then put them on a trailer and they'd smash them down and we'd sell metal. Uh, but one car in particular I was about to go uh, pick up on the forklift, and the guy who ran the shop, his name was Pod Bowie. Pod uh, was a born-again Christian, but before that he was like a, a wild man. And uh, he was a little rough around the edges, but I learned a lot about character and commitment through the life of Pod Bowie. He's passed on and with the Lord now. But he said, Ryan, this one car I was about to go pick up, he said, don't touch that one. It was an old Chevrolet, and it looked like it was going to be like a, a sports car of some sort. He said, that one I'm going to restore. And so I didn't touch that one, and it took a process of about five years, but over five years he restored that thing. And it was a beautiful car. Which you need to know that God loves that kind of business of restoration in your own life. He likes to take something undesirable, unattractive, um, unfortunate, and transform it for our good and for God's glory. The psalmist David says, He, that is the good shepherd, restores my soul. That he does this restoration process in your life. Day in and day out, you have a good shepherd in your life seeking to restore you. Let's look at verse 3. Bible says in verse 3, read along with me, it says that he leads me, the psalmist says, in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It would have been important for the shepherd to be led, to lead the sheep in the right place and for a purpose. What you need to know is that when God's in charge, number four, you can expect to be led clearly. You might not like where you're being led or how things are panning out in life, but you can expect at least God's going to lead you clearly. He, the psalmist says he leads me in paths of righteousness, the right places, um, that are healthy and important for us in life and for a grander, bigger purpose. When God's leading your life, you can be expect that God's going to clearly uh, move and lead you in your life. 
The heart and the prayer of a heart of surrender is, Lord, I want you to be in charge of my life, and whatever situation I'm going through, I need you to lead me. How do you do that? A couple of ways you can be led clearly is you can look to God's Word. God's Word is informative and gives direction. For every issue in your life that you face, the Bible's the best uh, place to start. Uh, Additionally, you will need to uh, reach out and listen to God's people. God put a lot of wonderful, gifted people in our life to seek counsel from and encouragement from and direction from. But it always tethers back to God's Word. And then lastly, and I would say almost most importantly, is follow the Holy Spirit. Um, I say follow the Holy Spirit because if you are the sheep and the Lord is the shepherd, then he leads and we follow. Actually, the Apostle Paul mentioned the same kind of mindset about being led. In Galatians chapter 5, he says the very phrase, be led. Then in verse uh, 25, he says not only be led by the Holy Spirit, but keep in step with the Holy Spirit. So as a Christian, what we have to understand is that we are, uh, we are to be led by the Lord. He leads us. And then besides that, we've got to keep pace with him. That there are times and seasons when God may be moving you faster and further than you thought you would go in some area or direction of your life. And it's uncomfortable at times where you have to pick up the pace. The Apostle Paul says, hey, 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 keep in step. Don't ever get too far behind. The great analogy is with the, sh- with the sheep and the shepherd. When the shepherd's moving the sheep, the sheep that strays or gets left behind, good news is the good shepherd comes back, helps the sheep get back into the fold, and they move along. But it's imperative that we keep in step. You can expect when God's in charge, you can expect that God's going to lead clearly. You have God's Word, you have God's people, and you have the Holy Spirit. You have everything you need to navigate the challenges, the hardships, the the decisions that need to be made as a family in your workplace, all of that. You can expect to be led clearly when the Lord's in charge. Then lastly, I want to read to you the passages, and you can read along in verses 4 through 6. These kind of tie together. The psalmist says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever." Here's what you can expect. You can expect that every valley eventually leads to a mountaintop. Every valley that you go through eventually leads to the mountaintop. What the psalmist David says is that we'll walk through the valley, but we don't have to stay in the valley. When you go through a hardship or a hard time, the Lord wants to bring you through that. And his peace and promise is not that you're not going to have to go through the valley of the shadow of death but you can be comforted because he says that your rod, he says, the psalmist says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
God, in the midst of your challenge, in the middle of your circumstances, the Lord is with you. He is there to lead you, to guide you, to protect you, that he will be there with you to shepherd you and give comfort. The shepherd, uh, the shepherd would be um, challenged with the reality that he would need to navigate these sheep sometimes through the valleys in order that they may go to a greener pasture. And so here we see in the passage of Scripture is that there are times in life when we're going to be afraid. The psalmist says, I will fear no evil. Why is that? Because the good shepherd is with them. And also, the passage says, in the shadow of death, wherever there's a shadow, there's also light. It doesn't say in the darkness of the valley, in the pitch black. Wherever there's a, a valley and a challenging circumstance that you're going through, you need to know that there's a shadow of light in the midst of it. Not only that, is that there's a shepherd right there with you. Years ago, I was um, on a, a climbing retreat um, uh, rock climbing with some friends in Tennessee. And there was this young boy who seemed to be a very, I would say, spiritually mature kiddo. And I was talking to him about his story and how he came to know the Lord. And he talked about some significant suffering and hardship that he'd gone through. And then what he said to me will always stay with me every time I read this passage. He said, you know, I've learned in life is that the fruit is in the valley. In the hardest times of life, it seems to be at times, sometimes the most fertile. And he referenced the Psalms about the valley of the shadow of death. Sometimes in your hardship, you need to know that it's a, it's a necessary training point for you to realize that even though it's hard, there's fruitful things that are going on right there. That God's taken you somewhere. That he's committed to you. That he's moving you along. And that there's there's a fertileness in the valley that we're to learn from. You can expect for every valley to eventually lead to the mountaintop. The Bible says that goodness and mercy shall follow us as long as we live. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word and the time together today. I pray, Father, uh, over this uh, application that... Uh, we would trust in you, lean on you, and look to you, Lord, uh, as, we, as you're the one in charge of our life. So in any area of our life, Lord, where we need uh, to surrender to you, for you to be in charge, I pray that we would do so. Thank you, Lord, that we can trust you, your character, and your nature, that you lead us gently, um, Lord, and that you will provide for us. So... Father, we transition in this time and we look to your son Jesus as the good shepherd who laid down his life for us. And we thank you, Father, for that. We thank you for the sacrificial love, the forgiveness, the restoration that comes through a new life with Jesus Christ. In Jesus. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give online today at northvalleychurch.org.